Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. I'm excited for this episode. I took some requests on Instagram, and uh, my story is still up, I believe. Even uh, once this podcast is dropped, I think it will still be up, uh, taking requests for episode topics. So if you've got any, go to my story, respond to the questionnaire. Um, you can always send me a DM. I look through them. I don't respond to all of them just because I get too many. But if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, um, go ahead and drop that in there. And this week, I'm going to be doing a bunch of different topics that were recommended um, through Instagram by you guys. So these are episodes you wanted to hear. Today, we're talking about um, how to approach evangelism, ways to share the gospel with others. And so I think it's going to be an equipping, beneficial episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're well past 200,000 streams. So many people here in the gospel. That's all because of you, not just listening, but sharing the podcast. And so again, if this speaks to you, if anything you hear, um, it really moves you, it helps you, it equips you, it comforts you, please share it with someone else, you know, spread that blessing um, along to someone else. Also, we are still looking for uh, monthly donors to help support us with our needs for this year. So there's two ways that you can give. One, we need 70 more people uh, to give a dollar a day or $30 a month. You can do that at shanewinnings.com. Just click the give button. You can sign up for a monthly uh, payment of $30 a month, or you can uh, click the link in this podcast in the description. There should be one, or you can click the link on my Instagram bio it'll pull up our fundraiser. So we're trying to meet that need in two different ways. We want to hire some people to the nonprofit, put out some more and better content, and uh, also have a videographer travel with me and start putting out some really cool videos and stuff like that of the ministry. So if you want to help us, we do need your help. Please consider giving if any of our ministry has blessed you. Okay, let's talk about this. When, when we're talking about evangelism, the purpose is simply to share the gospel. Now, the gospel, you know, as it is um, defined, is the life, the ministry, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. And, you know, when I say life, I also mean his uh, birth. It's very important that we know, you know, the virgin birth, the immaculate conception. Um. So we're talking about Jesus being born of a virgin, you know, living a perfect life, talking about his ministry, uh, talking about his crucifixion on the cross where he became sin for us, talking about um, him dying a physical death. It's important that he died to show, you know, God can't be killed. Man, God in the flesh, man uh, was killed. So it's important to understand that Jesus came as a man, but he came as God. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of different verses with that. We can talk about that at another point. But Jesus coming as a man, being born of a virgin, living a perfect life, dying on the cross for our sins, uh, and then being resurrected, overcoming sin, hell, death, the grave, and then his ascension to heaven where he is now seated at the right hand of God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the high priest forever. Um, this is the gospel. Now, to go out and evangelize, you know, it's important, one, to be equipped. Yes. Do you have to be an incredible Bible teacher to evangelize? A hundred percent no. Um, but I will say this, just to, to kick this whole thing off. 
you need to know what your lane is and you need to stay in your lane. So for instance, I am not a a huge end times theology buff. I'm just not. Um, I know some of it. You know, I know what the Bible says. I'm not well studied in all of the different, you know, beliefs of the end times and all of the different... I couldn't tell you exactly the order of the the seals and the bowls and all of that stuff, the thousand-year reign, the millennial reign, the tribute. I could not get into the the weeds of it. But I do understand conceptually what's going to happen, and I do understand our purpose throughout that. Now, with that being said, I am not going to go out and start preaching um, on the end times in depth. I'm not. If someone asks me, "Hey, can you come to our ministry school and preach on the end times?" I would say I can, but let me give you kind of a rundown of what that would look like for me, because I'm very much of the opinion of, "Hey, we'll read the scriptures. We'll we'll read in Matthew. We'll read in Revelation. We'll look at what Jesus says." But when the disciples were asking about the, the signs of the times, Jesus spent two-thirds of a page talking about what to look for, and he spent almost two pages, so more than double that, almost two pages talking about what to be doing. Jesus is not as concerned with us knowing what the end times will look like and when it is as he is concerned with the position of our hearts and what we're doing with our lives. So I would preach on it from that perspective. And if they're like, oh, we're looking for a theological thing, I'd say, hey, I am not the guy. Staying in your lane is key um, because you will have confidence. You won't say something, you know, there's always the potential, but you probably won't say something wild and put your foot in your mouth or say something, you know, um, in error or something like that. So I, I want, I hope this frees you because you need to, know that you have permission to spread the gospel. Everyone does. We've been given permission by Jesus Christ. You, have you heard this? You have permission to fulfill the Great Commission. Like, that is you, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. That is what we're supposed to do as Christians. The way you do that, the piece of the puzzle that you are, that is who you are. That's, that has to do with your upbringing, your life, your encounter, your, your walk with the Lord. That has to do with your knowledge, you know? your studying of the scripture that has to do with your your faith, that has to do with your revelation, that has to do with your gifting, which is from God. And we're all different. We all have a different part to play. We need each other. And so it's important for you to understand you can go out on the street corner, you can go to the mall, you can stand up on a plane, and you can share the gospel. That doesn't mean every time you open your mouth you have to cover the birth, the life, the death, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. You don't have to preach a full sermon every time you evangelize. You're, this is the, the passage we need to really take to heart, where um, the Bible talks about some are, are, some are watering, right? Some are, are sowing seed. Some are scattering seed. Like some are doing this, some are doing that, but the Lord provides the increase. This is how I like to picture it, and I hope that this helps you. Imagine that every single person has a glass inside of their body. You can't see it, but it's there. And every time they hear the gospel, they hear something about God. They hear, and when I'm, when I'm saying the gospel for the sake of this podcast, 
I'm talking about the transformative power that comes from the salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ, and giving your life to him. So when I say, here's the gospel, I'm talking about short and simple, hey, give your life to Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins, you know, uh, be cleansed, be made new, be born again. I'm talking about getting born again. So when I say, when someone hears the gospel, I don't mean the full entire, you know, the gospel according to Luke. I'm talking about they hear about the transformative power of Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form. So imagine everyone has this glass and it's empty when you're born. Every person that comes along and shares the gospel, or if they hear a podcast, or if this person sees a video, or they see a reel, or whatever, I believe you, you can imagine, because this is biblical, but I want to put a perspective in your mind, a little bit of water is being poured into that glass. Now let's imagine that when that glass begins to overflow, that's the point where they will give their lives to Jesus. Okay, they've reached a point where they're ready to go all in. This is what the Bible talks about. Some are doing this, some are doing that, but the Lord provides the increase. It, there's a point where you are ready to give your life to Jesus. It could happen in a moment. It could happen over time. I know people that the second they heard the gospel, their heart came alive and they said yes. I know people that it was a slow process. But how many of you know that that glass got filled, whether it was over time or it was instantly, it got filled. This is my encouragement to you who wants to share the gospel. Do not think that when you preach, every single person has to immediately respond in a certain way. Okay, you know, people need to cry. They need to recognize their sins. They need to confess Jesus Christ. Okay, we need to lead them through the prayer. Okay, we need to go baptize them. That is not going to happen every time you preach. I mean, I pray it does, but it's not. It didn't happen every time Jesus preached. It didn't happen every time the disciples preached. People will hate you. People will curse you. People will turn away. Some people will just be indifferent. They'll just say, hey, that's great, but it's not for me. They're not hating. They're not loving. They're just like, hey, I respect you, but I don't want that. So it's important to know you are still pouring water into their glass. You are sowing seed. So every time you share the gospel, it is never in vain. And this is what the Bible says. God's word does not return void. Jesus even talked about, hey, when you go into... Uh, this is right before he talked about uh, having no honor in his own home for a prophet. But he says, if you go to a place and you, you know, you greet them, you bless them, and they reject you, your peace comes back to you. You can dust your feet off, you know, the dirt off your feet and move to the next place. So he's saying, we're not going to live out of offense. We don't hold an expectation. We're going to go to a place. Our goal is to bless. Our goal is to uh, preach the gospel. Our goal is to love. And if they do not receive you, that's okay. That peace that you're offering back, it comes right, offering to them, it comes right back to you. And you just move on to the next group. We're not forcing this thing down anyone's throat. If someone's going to truly turn their lives over to Jesus, they're not going to have to be manipulated or coerced or forced to do it. They're going to want to do it. So when we talk about evangelizing, I really wanted to set the stage that anything you do that's biblical in the name of Jesus, 
the Bible is going to back you up. You're sowing seed. You're pouring water into that glass. You can't see it, but you're living by faith. You can know. This is what gives me so much confidence when I stand up in an airport or when I, when I get everyone's attention at a grocery store or at Costco or something. And I'm like, hey, everyone, listen to this. And I share for one minute about Jesus. I know that supernaturally water is being poured into all of their cups maybe at different amounts and different people, maybe some of those people, that's going to be the last thing they needed and it's going to cause an overflow and they're going to go give their lives to Jesus. Maybe privately, maybe they're inspired to go to church later. Maybe they end up going to church because the guy at Costco just pricked their heart and they were like, oh my gosh. And you don't know what your evangelism is going to do. All you know is that you're supposed to do it. So if you're on here And you're like, well, where do I start? Start with your testimony. That is so easy. You don't have to have a lot of Bible. And again, this is what I say. If I'm discipling someone or if I'm mentoring someone or if I'm kind of just doing life with someone, especially younger, I'm going to say, hey, listen, unless you're a studied like Bible scholar or something, this is just wisdom. There is going to be more power in you sharing what God has done in your life than you going out and just regurgitating Bible verses. Now, the the Bible is true. It's the Word of God. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Like the Word of God, it, it is powerful on its own. But if you were to have a, you know, let me just paint a picture here. You can have a, a 14-year-old who is just going to go on the street corner and preach John 3.16. That's true. And everyone needs to hear it. But what if that 14-year-old has a a, a testimony? Because remember, we overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, so the blood of Jesus Christ, by the word of our testimony and not loving our own life to death. We literally crush the enemy's head when we share our testimony. Why? Because we are reminding him of what God has done in our lives despite his best efforts to keep it from happening. We are reminding the enemy how God won again in that area of our life. You have a 14-year-old kid, he grew up in a broken home or he grew up in a great home, but he just lived for himself and, and he ended up wanting to be dead or he ended up getting involved in bad stuff and then, and then he gets encountered by God, right? And now he cares about God and now he wants everyone to know you begin to share that testimony, people can argue with, uh, the, the. they can debate you on the Bible all day, but they cannot debate you on your testimony. And if you don't feel confident in your Bible knowledge or your Bible understanding, that's okay. Begin to share your testimony. Begin to share what the Lord has done. Think about this. When, when, when uh, Jesus encountered the woman at the well, she didn't run off spouting off a bunch of scriptures. Well, she didn't know them yet. Or maybe she did, but she that's not what came out of her. She began to share about what Jesus had done. Even though it had just happened, it was fresh, she immediately turned into an evangelist. Think about the women who were at the tomb and Jesus appeared to them. They ran off and began evangelizing of what they had seen. Jesus is alive. They're preaching this message. It's providing hope to many Think about the people who got healed by Jesus. They ran off and they began to tell about what Jesus had done in their lives. Now, could that have led some of them to study the scriptures and begin to 
you know, back up their testimony with scriptures? Absolutely. And I think that's amazing, but it's important to understand we all have a common ground. Everyone who is a Christian has a common ground, and it is that we have a testimony. We once were one way. We encountered God or he encountered us, however it happened, and now we're a different way. And that testimony is relatable to everyone because everyone is living life. You can relate to anyone with your testimony. I'm telling you, you don't have to be hooked on drugs. You don't have to grow up in a bad home. I grew up in a great home. I grew up in the church, but I was living just like everybody else. And I was chasing the American dream, and I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. But really, it was. I wanted some money. I wanted a nice house. I wanted the whatever. And then when I started to get it, I started to feel more empty. And when I encountered God, all of that stuff went out the window, and all I wanted was Him. You see, when you begin to share your testimony, you don't realize how many people are in your shoes. They might not have the exact same circumstances. In fact, most of them probably won't. But many people, whether you're a movie star or whether you're a famous singer or whether you're just a person who works at a car dealership, you can experience the same emotions, the same turmoil, the same struggles. Aren't we all going through the same stuff when we're growing up? Relationships, career, you know, status, trying to find ourselves, trying to prove ourselves, trying to get affirmation, trying to doesn't matter what your career choice is or your upbringing. Everyone is kind of walking the same road. And you're saying, hey, I've been on this road. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with this. Or I struggled with pride. Or I struggled with that. Or I was super successful in sports and in school, but I still didn't feel fulfilled. And then I met Jesus. I'm telling you, these testimonies, they relate to so many people. And you might think, I don't have a testimony. You're wrong. Every single person is born heading to hell, and we need Jesus. And when you get encountered by him, and you give him your life, and you get born again, you can look back, and you see an old life, and that's not you anymore. And that's your testimony. You constantly can say, this is who I used to be. This is who I am now. And the difference is that man, Jesus Christ. That is what I would recommend if you are wanting to share the gospel If you're wanting to share your faith, get out there and begin to just share your testimony. And look, if you're going to preach on the street or you're going to preach, you know, you just want to share at work or whatever, you need to get good at, you know, there's kind of a, I don't want to say a strategy, but there is a, there's a tact, there's a, there's a wisdom in this um, because you can just straight up stand up and just start yelling. And you, you might turn a lot of people off. Um, you know, think of those turn or burn guys that have the signs. Are they wrong? No. If we don't repent of our sins and get born again, we will go to hell. Is that effective? Maybe. I can't say that it isn't effective. I don't know. Someone could have got saved because of those signs. They could have read it. The fear of the Lord could have come over them and they gave their life to Jesus. Is it the most effective way? I don't believe it is because that's not how Jesus preached. So there's effective, ineffective, more effective ways. You need to get good at sharing just little little things, little 30 seconds, little 60 seconds, little, little two-minute things. 
when I go into a mall and preach or something like that, um, I love to go to the food court because there's always a ton of people there. I mean, there's probably 100, 200, 300 people in the food court sometimes on a busy weekend. And I got all their attention for one to two minutes before I get interrupted by security. So I began to think, what can I share in one to two minutes? And I go into my testimony. Hey, everyone. Hey, just listen. I got to tell you something really quick. Man, I thought I had it all. I was an army officer in the special forces. I was a combat veteran. I had a five-bedroom house. I had cars. I had a motorcycle. I had a dog. I had money. I had everything I could have wanted. And I wanted to be dead. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever just strived and, and tried to achieve the American dream or you've tried to work as hard as you can but you feel like it's not enough? How many of you have ever felt so hopeless and you didn't know if you know it would be better off if you left or you stayed? I'm telling you that I felt this way and I was at the you know, I was at the, the best part of my life, everyone else thought, and I wanted to be dead. It wasn't until I encountered God. God showed me that I'd been living for myself. And the Bible calls us to live for God, not for self. The Bible calls us to deny self. And I can tell you that I have been living for Jesus for the last seven years, and I've never felt more peace in my life, more joy. I've never felt uh, more love in my life than with God. My life hasn't been easy over the last seven years, but God has been with me. And I want to tell everyone here, he loves you. He died for you on that cross. He paid the price for you, and he rose again from the dead. He's still alive. He's still trying to woo your heart. And all you got to do is ask him to reveal himself to you. I'm telling you, Jesus is real. He loves you, and he wants you to live for him. The world is trying to get you to, to live your best life and, and to do whatever you want. YOLO, right? You've heard that before. The world is teaching you to live by its standards. And the Bible says those standards are leading to death and leading to despair and leading to hopelessness and eventually leading to hell. But Jesus promises that if we lay our lives down, that American dream, that life that we've been told to live, and if we follow the life he has for us, the one he paid for, because you're valuable and Jesus did pay a price for your life. And he says, if you lay your life down and you pursue the one I have for you, you will live forever. You will experience his presence, his peace, his joy on the earth. And when you die, you'll spend eternity with him in heaven. This is the hope that we have as Christians. There's more to life than what you see on this earth. There is a life after death. And I want all of you to know that it's possible to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. Guys, that was like two minutes right there. I didn't write that down. That just came out of my heart, out of my spirit. Because one, you know, I've done this quite a, quite a bit of time. So it's not too hard for me to do a one to two minute little thing. But I, I spend time with the Lord. I have the word in my heart. And I'm familiar with my own testimony. You know, I'm telling you, the first 10 times I did this, it wasn't very smooth. And I've had times where my nerves were just going and it wasn't very smooth. But you know what? I'm out there being obedient. I'm sharing whenever I feel prompted. Me and my wife will be out, and all of a sudden, I'll have a picture of myself sharing the gospel with, with the people around us. And I'll just tell her, hey, babe, <laughs> I got to do something really quick. And I'll just turn around. I'll stop what we're doing, and I'll share. There's been times I'm pumping gas at Costco, and there's 10 cars per line backed up. I mean, there's so many cars there. And I'll have a picture of myself standing on the pillar yelling the gospel. And so I'll just say, hey, babe, I got to do this real quick. And I'll just do it. And you noticed in that little two minutes, 
I'm preaching about the truth. I, I, I'm not covering the whole gospel, but I'm getting to the point of the message. I'm, I'm getting to what people need to hear. The life that you're living, the life that you've been told to live, it's wrong. And it leads to, and I relate to them. I'm not holier than thou. I'm not pointing down at them. I'm saying, I've lived this way. I felt hopeless. I felt depressed. Or even you can appeal to the other side. You might think you have it all, but the Bible says, what would a man pay to gain the whole world? What is the worth of a man's soul? The Bible says, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Whether you're depressed today or whether you think you're living on the mountaintop because everything is great, the Bible teaches that what this world has to offer is coming to an end and that you can actually trade your soul, your eternity, for the possessions of this world. And you might enjoy it for a season, but the Bible teaches that we are all going to die one day and we're going to stand before a holy God and give an account for our life. And you will be guilty on that day if you're not born again, if you don't belong to Jesus, if you haven't had your sins forgiven, if you've only lived for yourself your whole life and what you can gain and what you can buy and what you can attain, you're going to be guilty on that day. And Jesus paid for you to be free on that day, for you to be innocent. And it's only by his blood. And you see, you begin to appeal to that side of things. The more you do this, the better you will get at communicating it's not the better you will get at sharing the gospel. We're, we're, we're moving on from the, the knowledge of what you want to share to the way you share it. And that's just called becoming a better communicator. And that is something that everyone should practice. You know, we can't get into this thought process of like, no one can ever critique me and no one can ever... Look, people go to school to learn how to be better communicators. People who speak on a professional level, they have coaches they, they literally have people help them communicate in a better way. Why would we as preachers not think that we should also have people to maybe help us, sharpen us, strengthen us, um, uh, critique us in a way, but it's all to make us better communicators. For a long time, I just critiqued myself. I watched my own videos or listened to my own stuff, and I would be like, ah, you know, and I'm not beating myself up. I'm just saying, how can I make that more clear? I don't need to sound like anybody. I don't care if it sounds cool or does. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to make sure that what I'm saying is crystal clear. I want there to be no confusion, no ambiguity. I want to preach a clear message. And so those are the things that I focus on. And you're never going to be able to critique yourself if you don't even go out and do it. And so, listen, I hope this episode has helped you. I hope it's empowered you, fired you up. Listen, all you have to do is this. If you have a heart burning for souls, just say, God, please begin to speak to me when I'm in public. Interrupt my plans. Put thoughts in my head. Tell me when to preach. I am, I'm ready to do this. And then be listening. I'll also say this. It's, it's just like fasting. If I only waited for the Lord to tell me to fast, I probably wouldn't fast very often. There is a, a, a discipline side of it where I recognize my flesh doesn't want to do it. And so I might have to schedule. I might have to do it here and there. Um, so when it comes to evangelism, if it's something burning on your heart, I'm telling you, the fear of man will try to come. It'll, and it won't come as like a straight-up fear. It might come as like a, well, you know, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to disturb, or I'm kind of in a rush. Look, break that thing off. What if you told yourself, hey, two times this week, I'm going to go share the gospel in public. You know, you're, you're making it an intentional thing. 
Will there be spontaneous times? Of course. But there are times that I intentionally go to the mall to preach the gospel, to love on people, to walk and just, you know, I'm not always in the food court. Sometimes I'm just walking, you know, uh, down, down the mall, past the stores, and I just look for people to kind of run into, and I say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I give them a little one-minute spiel. Um, so anyways, I hope this helps, guys. God bless you. Um, if you do this, send me DMs. Let me know how things are going. Send me some testimonies. And of course, if this inspired you, send it to a friend or a family member. Post it on Instagram. Tag me in it. I would love to uh, repost that. Let's get the message out so that people feel confident in sharing the gospel. Amen? All right, bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.